Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers are reportedly interested in Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb. He is a wing for the Indiana Pacers. He is on his way out of Indiana. The rumor doesn't make all that much sense, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Let's get to the, and uh, heavy air quotes here on this one, news. <laughs> uh, J. Michael of the Indianapolis Star wrote this, quote, now that the Pacers acquired Karis LeVert for Oladipo in a trade last season and added more wing depth with number 13 pick Chris Duarte, there is no room for Lamb. He's in the final year of a three-year deal that pays him $10.5 million. According to league sources, about four teams have expressed interest in dealing for Lamb, including the L.A. Lakers and Charlotte Hornets, end quote. So, what does this all mean? Well, the important thing to pay attention to here, in my opinion, is that the phrasing here is that the Lakers have expressed interest. We don't know that they are still interested in, in, in Lamb. We don't know when their interest was expressed, because again, past tense here, so we don't know that they are presently interested in him. And we don't know under what circumstances they would have been interested in him or what's, what a deal for Lamb would have looked like had they tried to make one work. We know that they, the Lakers tried to trade for Buddy Heald. We know they eventually traded for Russell Westbrook. I would imagine Heald would have required a lot more than Lamb because of the uh, comparative uh, physical histories between the two players. But Lamb is is a similar type. If if Heald is like the the fully evolved Pokemon, Jeremy Lamb is like the Pokemon that sometimes comes out of the little Pokeball but doesn't always and if he does there's a chance that he's going to come up lame still in the 36 games that he did play in he shot 43 and percent from the field and 40.6 percent from three-point range so that's good to know uh it's 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 still the kind of player that the lakers might be interested in later in the season if and when he becomes bought out which brings me to the important point here this feels like the Pacers leaking to everybody. Hey, look, the Lakers were once like this guy. Hey, can you put Lakers in the headline for us, please? Can we just get some leverage back on this player who we are probably going to have to buy out? I just can't imagine very many teams lining up to compete for Lamb's services, especially given the situation he's going to be walking into in Indiana. There are not going to be very many opportunities for him to prove, hey, look, I am the guy that I was when Indiana traded for me and gave me that uh, $10 million a year contract when they did. Uh, that, that's just, those opportunities aren't going to happen. But what they might be able to do is, well, just give us anything. <laughs> they might approach some team and just say, Give us anything. Just don't make us eat money on this and see this guy walk out for nothing. And when you include the Lakers, who, by the way, and, and, and this is important here, the Lakers just don't have any feasible way to acquire the guy right now. They just, <laughs> All of their contracts are not going to be able to be moved until December. And the contracts that they did send out, they could either trade Anthony Davis, LeBron James, or Russell Westbrook, but that's not going to happen. They could include Kendrick Nunn in a deal for uh, Lamb and 
uh, a couple veteran minimum guys to maybe get you to where you need to get to to make the salaries work or the contracts work. But for the most part, the Lakers just don't really have much to be able to offer here either in terms of assets, which isn't all that important right now because Lamb is a a pretty low stock to buy, but either in terms of assets and more importantly, just in terms of making the CBA money work, they could do a sign and trade where they send out Wesley Matthews at, you know, slightly more than he would make otherwise and maybe another contract or two and they, and they bring Lamb in that way. But for right now, there just aren't very many options for the Lakers to go out and get this guy, which brings me to, unfortunately, a point that we made back at the time when Alex Caruso walks for nothing. Look, there is no point in relitigating the Alex Caruso decision. Aaron Larsoul was on uh, my show earlier yesterday. Uh, it's on the feed right now, if you're listening to this, and and he and I got into it as far as uh, the, the, the decision-making process that led the Lakers to letting Alex Caruso go. Um, importantly for Laker fans out there, that was more a statement of the last couple of years that the Lakers have had financially than it is of their commitment to winning moving forward. Anyway, as it pertains to Alex Caruso and just asset management, you cannot have a player when you have as few assets as the Lakers do you can't have one of your few viable assets wanted assets just walk out the door for nothing that's going to hurt you eventually and in this case not only is Alex Caruso the kind of player that you could move in this kind of a trade which I I still probably wouldn't I would probably keep Caruso over bringing in Lamb but anyway if if you were interested in in let's not say lamb specifically but let's say you're interested in player x who is making 10 ish million dollars on the last year of their deal and you have a player uh at at roughly 10 million dollars who is a player that you like but maybe the player you could bring in has more upside fits a little better whatever you just feel like switching those guys up this makes it easy. This makes it very painless. It's Alex Caruso for Jeremy Lamb, and then you're done, and the trade moves on, and the season moves on. Uh, in this case, though, because the Lakers basically have giant contracts at the top of their cap sheet, they have Taylor Horton Tucker, who you are not going to include in a deal for Lamb, and then they have Kendrick Nunn, who can't be moved until December, and, and, and then you have the veteran minimum type guys and it just really kind of limits the flexibility that you have when it comes to moving guys as the season rolls along and as and as different players uh, become available so I again I'm not interested in having the conversation about Alex Caruso you guys know where I stand I think it was a mistake we're going to move on from that but this is one of those spots where that decision jumps up some jumps up and bites you just in case the Lakers are actually presently interested in the guy which by the way probably more importantly than anything i just said we don't know we don't know that the lakers are still interested in jeremy lamb we know that they were once interested and we know that the pacers are trying to move him by any means necessary before they buy him out which by the way if he gets bought out lakers have a legit shot if jeremy lamb gets bought out and if 
the Lakers are still interested in, in him. They are going to have at least one open roster spot. We know that for sure. And if the Pacers do buy out Jeremy Lamb, and if he is hoping to show up and, and to a team with a role uh, commensurate with his talent, and more importantly, uh, one that allows him to prove that he is still worthy of an NBA roster spot, which, by the way, he, he probably is, uh, injuries notwithstanding. But if the Lakers approach Lamb, they can say to him, hey, here are these number of minutes that you can compete for. Not that we're going to promise you, because the Lakers, I think, were bit by that snake, and I don't think we want to go back to that well. But I think if the Lakers say to Lamb, hey, we need biggish wings. You are a biggish wing. We need biggish wings who can shoot. You are a biggish wing who can shoot. Let's make this work. You can compete for minutes. You can prove yourself. And if you prove yourself, there is a role open for you on this team where, yes, the Lakers have Kent Bazemore. Yes, they have Wayne Ellington. And yes, they have Trevor Ariza. Ariza, at this stage of his career, isn't fleet-footed enough to to keep up with small forwards, especially the quicker ones. Uh, Wayne Ellington, never been particularly strong on the defensive end. Uh, you have Kent Bazemore, who is pretty good at, at on defense, uh, but he has shown that he will disappear in the postseason when it comes to his three-point shooting ability. So it, if the Lakers say to Lamb, look, you prove that you're better than those guys, there's a giant role here for a player with your talent, and and that's the kind of thing that he might be interested in. There are going to be other teams calling. There are going to be other teams interested. And there are probably going to be other teams that have bigger roles that he can prove that he can stick around the NBA in. But if the Lakers say to him, look, you can help a Lakers championship team. You get that platform. The Lakers have more national TV games than any other team in the NBA. They can basically say to him, this is where you come to rehabilitate your image. We've seen it with other players uh, from past Lakers teams. You do that here, you'll line yourself up for the next at least another contract or so. And if not elsewhere, then definitely here. And and we'll try to make this work together. So uh, all things considered with Lamb as a free agent, I think the Lakers have a legit shot at him should he become available. In terms of the likelihood of this happening I'm not particularly high on it. I just thought it, it provided us uh, a decent opportunity to look at one thing that the Lakers maybe could have, where where the Lakers doing things the way that they did this offseason might kind of bite them moving forward. And then also on top of that, it kind of shows if the right player becomes available, especially via the buyout, via the buyout market, the Lakers do present a unique opportunity for the right type of player to prove themselves and earn a legitimate roster spot, legitimate rotation spot, uh, that the Lakers can allow that player to parlay into another deal and another opportunity to stick around in the NBA. All right, that's going to do it for the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. I do want to guide you guys in the direction, as I always do, of some stuff that I think you guys would enjoy. And I'm telling you right now, the conversation that I had with Aaron Larsoul on my show, on the Anthony Irwin show, uh, is is really, really good. We have a really good time 
uh, talking about the Lakers offseason. We have a really good time uh, discussing uh, where the Lakers stand financially and, and, and moving forward and what their commitment to winning is going to be. Uh, that is very important for those of you who enjoyed the luxury tax episode of this show. Uh, and then, look, yesterday was Kobe Bryant's birthday. Uh, today is 824, so it's Mamba Day. And and I know we're all kind of looking back on, on Kobe the player. I know for me personally, him passing still somehow has, hasn't sunk in all the way. So I like to just go back and, and reminisce on some of the good times. And what better times were there than those times that Kobe would beat the crap out of Ruben Patterson for simply calling himself the Kobe stopper. You're going to get behind this uh, a behind-the-scenes look from Portland's perspective of what that was like and what it was like to have Kobe just slowly but surely strangle the life out of you as a team competing against him. It was great talking to Aaron about that. You're going to really enjoy that. Uh, so check that out on this podcast feed as well. Until tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.